We are not millennials. We are matured. Brought up on collaboration as an art form. Delivered as value. I do feel welcome. <laughs> You've either been drinking too much or where did that come from, man? Oh, no, I was, I was watching the McGregor Poirier UFC fight this weekend. And ah. then you always have that announcement guy that goes, ready to rumble. And yeah, it was making quite a spectacle this and so time. You thought, so you know, when I do the podcast on Monday or Tuesday, because today is not really Tuesday, it's a Monday. It's a Monday, yeah. We, yeah. Mm-hmm. You thought, yes, Steve deserves that kind of welcome. Yes. <laughs> yes. We need a 20,000 people arena in Las Vegas. Oh, we do? Yes, we do. How yes. would you feel if you were standing in front of 20,000 people with a microphone in your hand? Shaking my <laughs> ass off. <laughs> Probably. Uh, yes. Yes. My, the, oh. the most nervous I've ever, ever been, um, but not for long, was uh, I was at a festival in the UK. And I did, uh, it was an arts festival, and they did a stand-up comedy course thingy. Ooh. So I, they did that in the afternoon, and then you got a three-minute slot. But it was in a tent of 750 people <laughs> immediately. <laughs> yes. It nice. was brilliant. That it is cool. brilliant. Yeah. And I survived, and yeah. at that point I realized this stand-up comedy shit is actually... Uh, it's pretty fun. Yeah, it's really <laughs> quite cool. So, but that was, it was a bit nerve-wracking, but it was great to watch... Like we've just done some preparation for tonight's podcast. For it was once, great yeah. to watch these comedians getting prepared to do their forty-minute set or whatever. <laughs> Not quite. Oh no. Okay. It, well, I was going to go with a trade of swear words then, but oh, that yeah. would have made mm-hmm. us X-rated. But yes, so they get okay. the right emphasis. But you you sit and watch them as they get their ideas and they jot down what they're going to do, and they yeah. have basically a six by four card. I mean, they don't go on mm-hmm. stage with it. It's it's. Not rumoured, I, I um, was talking to somebody from the London club scene some years ago mm-hmm. and, and Robin Williams dropped in to actually do a set and it was one of his well-known moments. He dropped in at the comedy store in London and said, hey, can I actually come and do a set? And they went, wow. Well, of course. Yeah. <laughs> but he then spent 20 minutes preparing for it and the guy said, mm-hmm. you know, you watch Robert Williams and you expect him to be completely prepared and just yes but no apparently he says it's all really hard work and that's why it was so brilliant yeah you know apparently so yeah that was quite good cool so television is biasing our podcast today maybe well maybe maybe. just the intro just intro so i had a weird question to start off today okay didn't i i kind of said what we're going to talk about because that's the normal thing but i said so what do you tell your audience when you've got 250, 300 brand new collaborative SharePoint sites to build. And when they say, so what do I put on my homepage? And of course, the standard response is, well, it depends. Of course. But um, we then started thinking about all the tips and tricks and things. And we've just learned a few bits from each other, mainly me this time, mm-hmm. uh, on knocking pages together and, yep. and th- some of the things you've learned and stuff. Yep. So we thought we'd... Uh, just talk about it and see what happens. Yeah. 
definitely because while i was driving here so it always takes me an hour to drive here and then i'm just sitting in my car listening to some kind of podcast with a nice cigar uh, and this weekend was my birthday and i didn't get a chance to smoke my birthday cigar Ooh. so i i just got i every year i try to do like one fancy cigar and then it would mostly be like an, an expensive cohiba or whatever and now the cohiba has got a robusto which is the perfect size for me and i was just smoking that nice cohiba while i was driving here so and then i was oh, of course i'm always how, thinking how like how do you judge a guitar a, a cigar size oh yeah that's just the right size for me I'm just, it's, yeah, it's, well, a, it's not a visual podcast no, but that's fine it's, it's a good thing yeah so then I'm always thinking like, hmm, what should we talk about? And then I was thinking, what if we talk about, so there's a new customer coming in into Office 365. Wouldn't, wouldn't it be cool if we can just give them like a whole list of sites that they would most definitely need all done and prepared so that they just need to fill in some blanks? Like an HR side, the legal side, the management side, a blog of the CEO. It's called a template. Well, it, it would be just a template that would just create like 50 sites that you would use by default. Uh, Something like that. It's called PMP. It's called PMP. It's called, also called a partner opportunity. So I know <laughs> there's there's been a bunch of uh, companies that also have something like that. But I was just thinking like... What would be something that every company would need? And then maybe that would be something that I could think about in the summertime and maybe work out like, hey, these would be 20 or 50 sites that you will definitely need and just run this PowerShell command and it will install all these sites and make them all look pretty with some default content and whatever. But anyway, that's not the topic that we're going to talk no, about but today. I, but I like that idea because, first of all, this week I've been getting a lot of calls from users at some of my customers for some coincident reason saying, hey, uh, I've read that uh, Microsoft can now do templates, so I need to make my site into a template. And mm -hmm. yeah, kind of not really that's the way forward it can be done but it has to be coded and you know it's time and effort and all that kind of stuff yeah so, yeah, and, yeah and, well but the there. code is pretty easy so with pmp of course of course it is yes oh. for a financial expert it's absolutely easy for them to do yeah so then i end up get having that. to do it and yes. i don't get paid to do that one. yeah I got okay. to I get that. but i'm gonna be right it's, yeah. it's an interesting question the mm -hmm. old template mm -hmm. stuff so we then started getting into pages which is cool so that's what we thought we'd try and hit on today and exactly you know, it's a nice easy ride into summer yes and yes chilled out and i think so what we try to do in our podcast we always have this as a bar conversation we, it's just us talking crap in a bar with a whiskey talking about what we've been doing and all the things that bother us and how they could be solved things yep. like that but now since we've got this nice looking whiteboard in your <laughs> office uh we can actually apply some more structure to our uh, podcast as and we as was our feedback as was our feedback. very extensive Absolutely. survey we created yes 100 percent of the people said <laughs> exactly that we needed more structure so we made more structure and the topic of today's podcast will be how can we make pages look better how can we really make them useful and what are the things that i can do if i create a communication site how can i make them look awesome and look good and and 
work properly. And I think we've got enough variety here to teach somebody, some everybody something. I, I, I th think so. I think I we've think got so. some depth yes. here. So we've got around eight um, things that we want to talk yep. about. We've got a few best practices. We've got, we, we'll talk a little bit on the, about roadmap. Yep. We don't normally do that because we're not that kind of podcast. We don't talk about, hey, this is rolling out right now and you should try it out. But we kind of want to touch upon that a little bit. Well, the thing is, because we had specifics, we were talking specifically about pages. So, yeah. And we were actually wondering whether something had been rolled out. So we exactly. checked. Exactly. Yes. And then we looked at the other stuff. Yes. And then we have a Dear Jeff section, of course. Of course. We Things we'd like Jeff to do for us. And uh, yeah, I'm sure he listens. So uh, next Friday, when he listens to this, <laughs> he'll, go, he'll go straight onto his backlog and say, okay, Stephen Moraine said. Yeah. Definitely. All righty. So, um, and we have got a great whiskey to finish off with. A very unusual one. A very unusual one, it's, yes. Um, it's made at a distillery that doesn't distill the spirit. Uh, it's not really a distillery. Well, if, it doesn't, well, if it's not a distillery that doesn't distill the spirit, but they mature it. Yeah, yes, and they so. grow the... Barley. The barley, and they do all kinds of yeah, interesting things So that's interesting. It, and yes. it comes uh, from just down the road from here in Germany. So. Yeah. Cool. And Sven, thank you very much. It's uh, one of our regular listeners said, hey, guys, you really should try this German whiskey. Okay. And so that's what we're doing. So we're going to do a little bit of uh, German whiskey later. So that's yes. cool. Danke schön, Sven. He's been showing off his German ever since we pulled a page up just to look at the tasting <laughs> notes. It was in German. And there he goes behind me. You know. All right. Cool. All right. Good. Pages. What do we want to start on then? Pages. Well, I definitely want to start first with um, if so. By default, you create a SharePoint site. By default, you get a site pages library. This is a good idea, actually, getting the structure together so people understand. So we're talking about online pages, online sites at this point yeah, in time. Yes. So we're not going to go anywhere else with yes. this. So, yes, and yes. these can be theme sites. These can be communication yes. sites. It's just the concept of a site page. Yeah, they're. Just the same. Uh, but every time when I go to the site pages library, by default, it's got that uh, view that groups it by author. Yes. Most of the time, I'm just a consultant. I'm not the person that has created like 25 pages on that uh, site. So they're all just in, in uh, by modified date, sorted, and then grouped by the person who created it. And which it's a means pain in the backside. They change all the time. You modify a page and it's not in the fifth slot anymore. It's exactly, exactly. So I just need to go on there and then change something to some page. And then I always end up searching for that page. So what I always do, which is a kind of a best practice, is I change that default view. The, the one by author, it doesn't really do anything. It's nice when you're the only author and you can always find your stuff. But what I always do, I change it into the uh, all items view. And then what I also do is I sort the, uh, the view on the page names so that the pages with A come on top and the pages with Z come on the bottom. Then I just save that view into all items. And that means that every time I now go into site pages, I just have a nice functional list of all the pages all listed alphabetically without any grouping or whatever uh, uh, added to that. Because most of the time I know what the page name is. Or the subject, yeah. Yeah, so then I can, I can really, I, I can find it 
pretty fast. I think there's a lot of value in remembering that this is just a library. Yes. So, you know, um, my tip is always turn off the auto checkout feature. Annoying, mm-hmm. most annoying thing in the world on all pages libraries. Uh, but it is a library. So that means you have all the tools available to you. You yep. have the metadata. You have the additional columns to put in. You have the grouping capability if need be. Yep. You have the list, but you have the multiple views. So your yep. default view, I agree, that makes sense. I will be doing that from now onwards. But I also would also like to know what pages were changed by other people uh, and that kind of stuff. Yep. So that's cool. Yep. And it also brings, um, talked about the structure for this. I'm sure every SharePoint consultant user listening to this that has had a couple of years in this game um, has tried to set up another site pages library on the site yes (laughs) the first thing you do oh yeah i need to have these pages for these people and these pages for those people and they go oh that's all right we'll just create another site pages library you make Mm. yourself look cool you get online and you go nice Nice, exactly. Okay, you can obviously only have one site pages library. Yeah. And and even trying to put the publishing stuff on and thinking, oh, I'll get another pages of pages, not the same pages. It no. doesn't work. So Which is kind of a downer because sometimes, for example, I've got a legal site and uh, for one of my customers it's a legal site and they have around seventy um What's that called when you go into uh, into a court and uh, you have uh, the the judge has a, a sentencing? Yeah, something like, like we a sentence. Last yeah. couple of years when we went to court. Yes, yeah. <laughs> exactly those moments. <laughs> Let's not go uh-huh. there. Yeah. Um, yeah, decisions like the decisions yeah, the made. Decisions, They're not called yes. that, are they? Uh, because, but I know exactly. Well, what it, mean. I've had to set the site up for the same thing. But anyway, yes. yes. Let's assume yes. legal decisions. Exactly. So what you probably want to do is you want to create one page per decision. Um, and then with some extra metadata maybe around, okay, when was the date? What was the outcome? Was it uh, accepted or denied or something like that? Um, and then you probably want to have like a separate library with all those items. Yep. And yeah, that, that could really, I, I think we could really do with an extra pages library. Yeah, but the, I understand why it's not there because of the yeah. whole structure of modern and more importantly, because the whole structure of mobiles and tablets. So we are where we are. There are ways around it, isn't there? So um, we can put properties on the pages. So we yes. can put metadata in. Yes. So we can decide that, hey, this page has got a status of draft or final, if that's mm-hmm. what I want to play with it. Yeah. And we can do workflow. So yes. we can we can put uh, our Power Automate to good use here um, and do things like that. And we mm-hmm. can put folders in, yes. the dreaded folder. Yes. So then we'll touch on some of these as we go forward. So mm-hmm. anyway, that first area then is the default view. Think about them as libraries and lists. You yeah. can do a lot with it. Uh, in terms yeah. of being able to filter views by the metadata to sort of give whatever yeah. you want a bit to do with it. And then talking about your, your properties, your metadata of your page, there's also really nice page properties uh, web part that you can use to showcase some of those properties. For example, if, if your legal decision requirement thingy, if it was accepted or denied, you can actually show that uh, on the page. As a property item. Coming from a, from a property. Yes. So that's that's really cool that you can do that as well. Yeah, yeah and it's, I have to say I've used um, highlighted web parts. I think it's the highlighted web parts or yeah. the, the mm-hmm. library, whatever. But then I can yeah. filter on some of those uh, so that I can sort of uh, 
have different things in different places. We did think about whether we could make it look smarter. So one of the things you we looked at was that web part that brings up the title property, just a simple title property. Yeah, but, but you, you it can it can bring up whatever property you yeah. have on your page. Um, I, I've set it up for a, a project site so they could yeah. actually have a um, uh, uh, status of the projects also any uh, outcomes from meetings on each of those particular pages so you don't have multiple sites mm -hmm. um, I also tomorrow have to set up uh, something for managing customers mm -hmm. so I will set those up on pages and then I'll use the page properties to, to list them so that it can swap from one to another um, and then just filter a common list of content so that it can come back and see various things on various pages. Yeah. Um, so yes, yeah, so the process cool. is good. But we were we were sure unsure about whether we could format the column using that web part. So you can yes. pull the web part up and say show and display this property or these properties. Mm -hmm. uh, but we couldn't then actually make it look red and green and purple and, no, and bold. No. And so stuff. there, I think that's one that that is one of our dear Jeff moments yes. like please when we create metadata columns we can have all these nice colors and these nice pill forms and we can do all kinds of crazy column formatting uh, on there but when we want to show those things on a page please also give us the uh, opportunity to um, have them like or, or format them in a really nice engaging visual appealing way just out of interest, <clears throat> if we create a view of that site pages with that metadata in, only display the metadata column and then filter it, and then we drop that into the page, that would give us the JSON capability on the item. Yeah, but then you won't have them underneath each other. No. So what you probably want to do with the page properties, you probably want to put that on the side of your page. True. like all underneath them and what you have with that is that you just have one row of the of those things and that's where the finesse comes in we're going to talk about this a little bit further on but you know this this page is whatever is going to see yeah it's not just a library of of documents mm -hmm. that you're going to see the page when people view it they need to go wow the first time at least yes and maybe the second yes. time they go this is a cool page and the yeah. third time they go Steve built this page. It's a cracking page, you know, so, and then they get used to it. But yeah. you, but a page needs to be, you know, the usual needs to be impressive, inviting. It yep. needs to display the right content in the right place. It doesn't need to be too confusing. It needs to have a message. Yes. So all of these cool things we're talking about should never overwrite the point of the page. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. All righty. So so, page properties, uh, the default views. Mm -hmm. What do you want to choose next? What else do I do if I've got a page that has quite some content in it? So, sometimes, for example, that legal page, um, sometimes we have uh, lots of text on there. Or maybe it's a text around some kind of uh, research where you have your uh, literature study, where you have like uh, a little... Uh, or a disclaimer on there where you have your large text with your outcomes, you have a, a short management summary, all those things. Um, some pages tend to be very text heavy and it could be very long. So what I always do is I make a little table of content uh, part that I set up on the sidebar. 
So if you create sections on your page, you can create that vertical section on the, on the right hand side. So what I always do, I write their table of contents just in text and then all the titles that you create in your text, they are actually, they actually have an anchor attached to it. So like an HTML anchor. So they're clickable and they're linkable. And what you then can do is if you publish the page, you can just uh, click on those titles, click on that little anchor icon next to it. And then you can actually save those uh, links and then you can just put those links underneath your table of contents. I always do that just in text, but there are multiple ways to do that in quick links or whatever. To yeah, make it look I think there's a couple of things here for, for the cross team site. Sorry for the mm -hmm. uh, group site. I've mm -hmm. gone back to my customer's name there for the group site then you have the left navigation. Don't you know? use it. Use it to do your page navigation or your section navigation. Yep. It doesn't need to be just libraries and lists. On a team site. Yeah, yes. so on a yeah. team site mm -hmm. or on a group site. Yeah. Um, so yes, use those hankers. Use that left navigation. Mm -hmm. As you say, um, there's a number of ways of using other things as well. I like the quick links because you yep. can make them into dots. Yeah. So you can make squares. So you, in a nice three by three mm -hmm. by two or whatever, yep. you can put a lot of pointers in there for moving up and down the page. The really annoying thing is, though, is when you choose the one at the bottom of the page and you jump from the top to the bottom, you, remember to put something on there to actually go back up again. Back to top. That's actually a really good one. End your page with a back to top. Yes. That's brilliant. I'm oh. going to write that down. Otherwise, I'm going to forget about that one. Actually, you just put in a quick links bar with an up arrow as the icon only. And you just drop that web part in the page whenever you want to go to the top. So you can then just copy the web part and you've just got the one image in there, no title, up to top. That is a brilliant idea. Back to top. Because the problem is when you scroll down that table of contents it doesn't scroll with you no that's and that's the bit i would love to fix so yes dear jeff there's another dear jeff there dear jeff when we've got the right hand column then give us some power that allows us to move and keep a web part within the page so whenever you yeah. scroll down on that right hand column that uh, thing can actually scroll and move yeah like a vertical section that just scrolls when you, you scroll down yeah that's cool. That would be awesome. That would be like super cool. All right. Cool, cool, okay. cool. So let's uh, just drop on to, to something else a little bit now because we've, we've talked about some quick tips and tricks and, and how to make our life easier. But we also refer to the fact that these pages are there to tell people the right information, yep. the right audience. Mm -hmm. And those things we've talked about earlier will make sure the right people are going. But you need to think about where the content is that's going to be on that page. Yeah. Some people, some of it will be security trimmed. Yes. So you need to make sure that, hey, look, if I have a document library web part in place um, and I've got documents on there, but people coming to the site may not have access to those documents, mm -hmm. then check the box that says remove the web part if there's no documents in view. Yeah. You know, so you don't That's just end up with a, a yep. gap in the middle of it. Mm -hmm. Also think about um, where the document libraries are that you need to display where you're rolling the content up. So if you're in a hub site, all great. It's one search scape. You're all good to go. But if you're trying to display documents that are on a completely different network, uh, sorry, network, that's not true, different a site. different site, yeah. then that's not as easy as you want it to be. No, in fact, it's nearly impossible unless you spend four days just thinking about <laughs> it. Well, um, there, there are a few things that you can do. So you would use that highlighted uh, content web part there as well and saying, okay, show me all the documents that have this kind of metadata here. But then that metadata needs to be 
understood from your platform level. So that means adding that metadata field from that one library in project side five, six, seven, eight. Index columns. Index that, make it managed manage so that it's searchable, crawlable, fixable, and then you can actually use it from your highlighted contents web yeah. part. So it is quite a hustle. If you're working in a large organization yeah. uh, and you don't have access to your admin console, forget about it. Um, it's, yeah. it's difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean... Uh, I remember I got used to this kind of 2010 onwards, 2010, 2013, mm-hmm. da, da, da. Then you go, okay, look, it's simple. I just need to bring in a search query web part, a content query web part, and I can pull the content type in from there. But in this age of let's simplify SharePoint so anybody can use it, that means that us clever bastards, we can't use the smart stuff we know. Con- searching for a content type is not easy nowadays, even no. though you've got the content type hub and all that kind of stuff in place and being built at the moment. Dear Jeff, please make it easier to get content in from other sites and make it predictable. So today, uh, I was looking to list a set of documents that were part of a, an asset site and it had been set up as a CDN. So okay. it was being mm-hmm. distributed yeah. so that everybody could get them templates. But those templates also needed to be displayed on a site. And I have to say, I didn't spend many hours at it, but I'm sitting there looking down the list of sites that I can pull content from and I've got seven sites listed. I only have 3,000 sites in the organization, but I've got seven <laughs> of them listed. Yes. All right. And, and then and there's a little button, show more, and then you get seven zoom, more. Yeah. No, then you get seven more. Oh, that's cool. But why can't I just fill in the URL of the site title of Even the site I that to, I want to try? If I tried to search for mm. it, it wouldn't have it. Uh, it, wouldn't, it was very frustrating. I actually have the solution for that. <gasps> because I was doing the exact same thing. And I couldn't figure it out because I also have like a thousand sites and it wouldn't show up that site. The, the gotcha of that thing is you need to follow the other site that you want to show. Or where you want to, for example, you have the same thing when you want to move documents from one site to another site. Oh, yeah. Follow the site and then it will show up because then sites that you follow are marked as more important. So they will show up. Making a note. Yeah. So that it, that was my gotcha quick work around uh, moment. Uh, actually something that I need to make a video about uh, because I think that will help a lot of people as well. But generally, as much as I really appreciate the way that SharePoint Online is going and looking Mm -hmm. and, and, I mean, the improvements are amazing, there are just so many things that make sense to me that I can't work out why Jeff and his team didn't think about it, you know? Yes, we will want to display documents from this site and this site and this site, and they're not in the same hub. Yeah. Okay. They're being published by different teams, but they're about the same subject. And more importantly, I'm getting angry just staring at you thinking about this. They're in the same managed metadata. They're using my enterprise managed metadata terms. Uh-huh. And then we end up back in PMP again. But okay. that's fine. Anyway, yes. So please, let's see whether we can uh, come up with some nice ideas on how you know, we can distribute You know what content. the problem is? We're not millennials. We're not millennials. <laughs> We're not millennials. That's the issue.
that's the issue All so right. no definitely think about where content uh needs to go yeah. i had exactly the same thing with that legal site that we were just migrating from 2013 into sharepoint online in 2013 it was a site collection it had one top level site with 30 sub sites and that would just work and then we moved it into uh, sharepoint online and then we were thinking, okay, so should we create a hub where we can link all those sites together? But then I can't find all those documents. So in the end, what we did was we just moved all the content from all those 30 sites into one big site and then just did a bunch of things with security and all that to make it work. And then that was easier. Yeah, I think it's about planning. I mean, it's like yeah. anything else. Mm -hmm. You just work out where your site's going to go. Yeah. You know that you're going to end up with, you know, 30 different subject matters for your internet. Mm -hmm. You're going to end up with 25 location contents. You're going to end up with... So, you know, use that structure to build that kind of intranet-y kind of pages. Mm -hmm. And then think about your collaboration peers underneath, your legals, yeah. your finances, your HRs, et cetera, yeah. your facilities. Exactly. Um, and then just where that goes. Cool, cool, okay. cool. Yeah. Well... We're halfway through our eight items, and I think it's time to talk about Commsverse. Oh, that's a good idea. That's a great idea. Commsverse. Yes. Commsverse, the hybrid conference 2021. Tell us everything. Okay, guys, so here we are. It's Commsverse time again, Marin, and we have a special guest. Yes, we do. We have Matt from Ribbon. Matt. Hey, guys. Quickly, hey. briefly, introduce yourself. Who are you? Yeah, hi, guys. Uh, hi, everyone. My name is Matt Hurst. I'm from Ribbon, and I'm a technical director at Ribbon, so working on the technical side of our products and solutions with our partners. Oh, cool. That was been, You practiced that, isn't it, when you got up this morning? You thought, hey, it's an Office 365 podcast at lunchtime. I better get my words right. Exactly right. <laughs> yeah, the elevator pitch. Cool, cool. So um, just out of interest before we get started, so how many times did your boss say you had to mention the word ribbon communications in this podcast? <laughs> Does my boss even know I'm here? <laughs> <laughs> mm. That is exactly the right answer. So, yeah, okay, Commsverse looks like being the first conference to actually be a, an opener on the floor. I guess you guys are planning on being there, feet yeah, on the absolutely. ground. Absolutely. Uh, they can't wait to get back to something in person and real. It'll be awesome. Yeah, oh, absolutely. No, absolutely yeah. do that. All right. So oh. for our listeners, Ribbon's going to be something new. All right. We have uh, listeners in the US and, uh, and Europe, and we're based in, obviously, Brussels, and you're coming from the UK, I guess. Yeah. Um, so give us a, a brief company history, background. Uh, are you essentially a voice company? Um yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, let me let me take you a, a little bit of a brief background for those listeners that may not know Ribbon. I mean, Ribbon, yes, it's something you put around your Christmas presents and stuff, but uh, Ribbon is the, the name of our company. That name is relatively new to some people. Um, other listeners may have heard the name Sonus or NET or Genband. All of those companies have kind of come together and brought our specialities in voice and security and form the company Ribbon. So, so Ribbon's been around for a few years now, but it may be new to some of your listeners. So yeah, to your point, we are a voice and security specialists, I guess you could say. Specialists, right. cool. That's cool, that's cool. I've got to, so, I've got to think of a, something about specialists. I'll have to work that one out. I know I've got one for experts. I was waiting for you to say expert. I'll come up with a funny about specialists. Uh, Go on, yeah. man. <laughs> call, call your <laughs> 
Well, we we try to keep this uh, brief and short. So let's let's go to to the next question. So before Steve finally decided to join us, we were already talking a little bit about the important bits of life about whiskey. Yeah. And uh, I saw you because because yeah, we we have a visual from you, and I saw you grabbing something out of the cupboard in the room next door. So could you tell me what it is? What have you put on the oh, table? Absolutely. No, you, you've, you've hit on a sweet spot for me there, guys, the whiskey. I am a whiskey lover, um, have been for a number of years. So I enjoy lots of lots of different whiskeys. Um, I think one of my favorites probably got to be like the Glenfarclas. Probably the Glenfarclas 15 is a nice one. Um, but nice. the other one, and the one you saw me pull out of the cupboard there on the video was uh, Japanese whiskey, Hibiki. Ah. From the Suntory Group, um, yes, they take some beat in some of the Japanese whiskies. They really do. He knows, doesn't he? He knows. <laughs> he knows this is a sensitive subject. <laughs> <laughs> they do. I mean, I, I know. You know, obviously, Scotch whisky. That's my f- f- foremost and favourite. Um, I like some of the Islay ones. I like, like some of the PT ones and. But, yeah, I don't know. I have tasted some of the Japanese ones. I've had the uh, luxury of actually tasting them in Japan as well. Obviously. <laughs> oh, <laughs> he just twisted a knife. So uh, as a little background, uh, we were supposed to go to Japan, uh, the oh, two of us, is. last year to record some episodes, visit some distilleries. Uh, oh. So, yeah, of course, Sorry, that no, didn't no happen. Point. Yeah, so... Which yeah, you seem to enjoy reminding us of, which is fine. <laughs> There's always yeah. next year, guys. Exactly. We, had, uh, we tasted a few episodes ago. We uh, we tasted an interesting Japanese blend, mm-hmm. um, which had an awesome name. Which, of course, whenever I remember these things, I forget. Marine's going to remind me, though. <laughs> no, no, absolutely not. It was I something thought... like uh, Fuku or uh, yeah, no idea. Were. It was quite an interesting blend, though. But uh, a Japanese blends generally. But no, excellent. So that's good. You're on the right podcast then. But let's try and get down to a little bit about the commsverse because I'm always interested in in seeing these suppliers at SharePoint Saturdays. We speak at a lot of events over the years. Yeah. And is joining these events a soft spot for Ribbon or is it just an opportunity that arrived through Mark? Um, you know, how involved do you guys get in the Microsoft community? Yeah, we've been involved in the Microsoft community for many years. I mean, from some of your listeners, uh, if I say LCS, before the days of OCS, you know, we've been involved uh, since that, those times in the Microsoft community. And the thing I love about events like Commsverse is they're community driven. And I think we're very keen as a vendor to get involved in these types of events because the key objective driven by these types of events is raising the standards and the knowledge in the industry as a whole. And I think that's critically important. And it's, yeah, we're always very, very keen to support and get involved and share information to the community in these types of events. Hmm. So what, um, what makes Comsfers then so special? I, I think the fact that it is, it is community driven. It's, 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 it's designed from the outset with the Microsoft community in mind. It's not, yes, you have your, your vendor sponsors like Ribbon to, to help you know, facilitate the event. But there is no kind of a particular agenda. The only agenda, as I said, is raising standards, raising the knowledge, information sharing, and bringing people together, hopefully in person this year. It's been, <laughs> been a rough ride for Mark and the team, everyone putting this together. 
How have you managed with the virtual stuff? Have you done any of these virtually, any virtual events? We have, yeah. We've done, we obviously, we supported Mark of the virtual Commsverse event last year in 2020. Um, and we've done another, a number of other virtual events, um, some of the Microsoft shows and things like that. Um, they've been good. And I think the, particularly the first few were very uh, novel in the industry and people enjoyed them. Uh, but honestly, I think everyone's getting a little bit video and remote fatigue now. People can't wait to get back to some real events. Yeah, we're we're hoping we can get across to the UK. We might be able to now at this point, now the quarantine's dropped. But um, it all depends on whether the UK accept our certifications for vaccinations. As I was reading earlier that UK going, we might get there eventually. Yeah, but uh, we have some technical issues. So we only trust the NHS, which is which is fine. But it, it, it must have been a difficult year one way or another, especially for the sales team. For yourself, technically, I'm guessing it's mainly about support, but I'm guessing you do most of that remote anyway. All the support's remote, but yeah, I mean, you know, I support our, our, our pre-sales SEs teams are always on the road. You know, they're always in front of customers. They're always with partners. And yeah, that's been tough. That has been hard. Um, I, I think you, you always have these events where, you know, companies maybe have you know, travel bans or lack of travel and stuff. But this was a global, nobody was traveling. So I think that kind of made it more uh, easy to work with. But you can't, you can't be getting that face-to-face -face interaction. So I know a lot of people can't wait to get back to that. Cool, cool. I'm going to let Maureen ask the last question because I did a bit of research and I was looking at some of your product reins. Um, and one of them really, really quite intrigued me. Uh, it had a tagline of restoring customers' trust in the phone. Um, and I know it was from the American website, so I'm assuming that you have a similar kind of service here. But, yeah, when my phone rings, when my desktop phone rings, and especially, God bless them, if it's an Indian voice, instantly the suspicious rates yeah. up. So I'm, I'm, I'm curious, this is some kind of, kind of an adoption program as such, but I also looked at it as if there was some validation or people validation or, or line or number validation behind it. So, um, yeah, I mean, do people see the value in actually being able to validate or verify incoming calls and numbers and stuff? Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, we've all experienced that, as you said, the, the, the robo calling, the, yeah. the, the scam callers, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, particularly in North America, it's become an endemic problem. It's, right. it's, I mean, I can't remember the figures, but there's a large percentage of, of the, the phone traffic in North America of which is scams or is robocalling or is just unwanted sort of voice calls. And I think, um, yeah, restoring people's trust in the use of the phone. I mean, I'm as guilty as everyone else. If I see an incoming call on the mobile and it's a withheld number, they're reluctant to answer it most of the time unless you know who it's coming from and there's that level of trust. So, the industry as a whole is working towards you know, technology and functionality to be able to eliminate or, or reduce the fraud, the robocalls, to get people more confident using the phone again. Because I think there's, there's still a place for that human voice. People still want to talk to people. Um, you know, remote sessions, virtual sessions, AI, bots and things like that are great for business process, but you can't beat that person interaction. And it's enabling that to happen and cut through some of the noise and the, the spam calls that you don't want, really. Yeah, brilliant. Mm -hmm. No, I'll be looking into that. Is that something that you'll be demoing or uh, including in the, the event? What are your yeah, core absolutely. products? Yeah, we'll be talking at the event at Commsverse. We'll be presenting some of our sort of latest developments for the partners around the security, you know, the toll fraud analytics, um, as well as a lot of our new as a service cloud offerings as well because that's one of the big shifts i think everyone's seen in the industry is the the way 
enterprises consuming things these these days it's all around as a service just in time consumption model so we should be demonstrating that across our entire sort of suite of voice related and security related solutions Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So, last question because mm. I know we're uh, you're you're kind of uh, strict on time. So, last question: the the most important question for all our listeners who are going to comes first. What will be the swag that you're bringing <laughs> to the booth? <laughs> yeah, it's an interesting question. There's been a lot of debates on this because it's like with the pandemic, it's like do people really want to have things to take away? Will they want to touch things on your stand? <laughs> That's a great question. Yeah, so everybody will be bringing bottles of disinfectant. You know? Exactly, yeah. And we, we kind of thought about, do we give out free face masks with the ribbon logo on? <laughs> oh, come on then. So what was the most absurd suggestion? It probably was the face masks or bottles of hand sanitizer. <laughs> yeah, everybody will be doing that. So what are you, what's your short list? So we, we've got the usual sort of small giveaways and stuff, but we're going to have some pr- raffle prizes probably with some uh, things like some earbuds or some uh, JBL speakerphones, things like that um, on our stand. So encourage people to swing pie and uh, see what you can pick up. Uh, teams awesome. approved, are they? Absolutely. <laughs> awesome. All awesome. right, cool. Uh, so this is this is the, the first sponsor from Commsverse that we've had chance to include in the podcast. So it's really, really cool. Um, don't forget, you can come to us, Matt. So, you know, if you have anything, hey, guys, we've decided on something and, you know, you want to drop in for five minutes, just let us know uh, because we, we're splicing them into our normal podcast. So uh, any news you have, we're more than happy to take time and uh, and spend a moment or two chatting about it. I think the time is right for telecoms and security at the moment. Everybody is now starting to think about, you know, and I don't mean the auditors, but en masse, MS Teams, integrating the voice, migrating the voice, bringing it into that one application. So I think the timing is right. And I'm sure you're getting a lot of questions on how can I put voice on my MS Teams? Absolutely. And I think, you know, the one thing that the pandemic has highlighted is the fact that the legacy voice systems of an old PBX sat in an office are not fit for purpose anymore. The voice needs to belong to the person. It needs to follow them wherever they are on whatever device they've got. Yeah, cool. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Well, Matt Hurst, thank you very much for joining us. I hope the uh, rest of your Friday and ready for the weekend is going to be cool. And uh, we will see you definitely at Commsverse, subject to quarantine rules and all that kind of stuff. But we hope to be over there uh, one way or another. And uh, if you're really, really nice, we might invite you to our whiskey tour afterwards because we are planning on doing a few English distilleries while we're over there. There's a few new ones around the end venue. So uh, if you're interested... I will be on my best behavior. Yeah, we'll let you know. That'd be cool. (laughs) All right. Thank you very much for joining us. And uh, yeah, we'll see you in September. Super. Thank you, gents. Cheers. But that was a great conversation. It was a great conversation. Restoring customers' uh, trust in the phone. That yeah, that's cool. Neat, isn't it? Yeah. And you never think. I mean, it took me back to my days working voice, yeah, mm-hmm. and the quality control of voice and all that kind of stuff. But yes, it's going to get more and more important again as as MS Teams is going to pick up. Here's yeah. here's the thing that we've never never noticed before about voice is that there's never been something else driving your voice like there is today. Mm-hmm. So, for example, as he said, lots of old PABXs 
private automated branch exchanges. That's going back a few years. <laughs> so, you know, these things Now you're sitting, just showing off. I am, yes. Yeah. Okay. These things sitting at the bottom of the buildings, and yeah. as you say, they weren't connected. But now all of a sudden you've got, what is it, 150 million people a day booking into MS Teams. They're yeah. all going to need a phone number, and they've all got to go into MS Teams. This mm. is a growing market, and, yeah. and it's brilliant, as you say, putting trust back into the voice. So uh, thanks, Matt. Really enjoyed that and uh, the whiskey conversation. And we invited him to our whiskey tour. Yes. So yes. maybe he'll join us to uh, uh, in September when we're around there and do a, a few tours of those distilleries yeah. around the venue in, Coms, in Comsverse. So that was the 15th and 16th of September. There's only 400 people allowed. So book your ticket. Cool. Good. Back to our site pages. Site pages, yes. 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 I'll tell you the thing that surprised me about this more than anything else is we, we talked about this as a subject because you brought it up earlier and I went, you know, it's not a bad subject to cover, blah, blah, blah. And we never really thought we'd have enough content. It was kind of, hey, it's just a page. And that, I think, is most people's attitude. It's the last thing you think about. You know, we finished off there thinking about preparing with your content and where it goes and all that kind of stuff. But you don't think that way. You think about, certainly me, okay, being an architect, content architect. I think content, I think documents, I think lists and libraries, opportunities for workflows, blah, 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 mm -hmm. blah. We but think then you solutions. Go, yes, exactly. Yeah. And then you forget that pages are a big part of that solution. Yes. So if we would be working in the communications department, we would be all the, all, the opposite way, the other way Correct. around. Correct. You'd be all yeah. over the pages. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And I'm, I'm really happy or lucky to be working with a bunch of really spectacular communications people who I just explained how a SharePoint site and a page works and they were just having a ball with it and they have been creating some of the most beautiful sites that I've ever seen. Like things that I wouldn't be, dream of being capable of creating such a nice looking site and pages and I'm, I'm just amazed and I, I took some screenshots I'm going to ask if I can make some of those available because they are just finger-licking good. Love those. Finger-licking yeah. good. Yes. I've got to reference another of our listeners. Hey, Catch Matt, a bit of a shout-out to you because I remember Matt and I talking about uh, doing some page designs and he said, listen, I don't wear an Hawaiian shirt, okay? I don't do design. I can do the software. I can build the pages, but I, you know, I don't wear the, the flowery shirt. Yeah. And he's absolutely right. It's a skill set, isn't it? It that is. I don't get into necessarily. Yes. I know what a good page looks like yep. and I can build a page that's acceptable, but I can't build a page that's special. No. And I think that's uh, just a shout out for all those guys and ladies that can do that because lots of respect. Yeah. And if you really want to know more on how to create a nice looking page, I know Katie Swanson did a session, uh, 21 Ignite around creating beautiful looking sites and pages. Okay. And I know Tracy van der Schaaf from South Africa yep. has been creating some of her YouTube videos, just explaining how to do like crazy cool designs and, and awesome stuff. And they'll be on the notes. So yes. that's cool. Yes. All right. So let's, uh, let's talk about blogs and news now. So blogs is an odd thing in SharePoint because it was always my site and my blog. Yes. And that is still kind of available, but it, it's not really used no. and you have to go and make an effort to do it. But 
There's a difference between a news item in an organization that's being communicated because it's about the organization, and there's a difference between a piece of information that we would traditionally call a blog that might be telling you how to do something or, or dispelling a new idea mm -hmm. or you know just putting a new project update. And they, although they're kind of news and blogs. And there are times when you want to be able to have both of them on the same site. Yes. And then you and want that, them listed differently. Yeah. And together with just your regular pages as well. Yes. And the reason you want them different is because they have a different voice generally. You know, yeah. the news news is telling you one thing, the blog is kind of informing you of another. And this is, we touched on it earlier about using metadata, but metadata is a great way to be able to separate off different kinds of voices within your news pages. Yeah. They're still a page, of course, but they're a special kind of news page. Yeah. Um, and so, yes, news and blogs particularly, tag them one over the other, and then basically use your highlighted web part to be able to separate them off and display them in different places on the different page. Yes, but, however... <laughs> However, however, you suddenly felt guilty then. But, no, 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 no. I was, I was actually earlier today writing down our uh, show notes from episode 50. And that was the episode where I said that I heard somebody say, however, and that sounded much better than, but this. So anyway, just jumping back to episode 50. What you get is, so you, you only have one side pages library, Correct. So which is cool. And then you can just put all your pages in there and then you decide to create some news items. The problem is that those news items are also just regular pages and they just appear in your side pages. Correct. And there's not really out of the box some kind of way how you can separate those. Like you have 100 pages on your side pages. Okay. Which ones are my news items and which ones mm. are just default pages? There's... And which ones are blog items? Yeah. But for a blog, uh, what I would do for a blog is I would just create a separate site saying this is the CEO's blog or this is the CTO blog. So you put it the... on the title. Uh, yeah, I would just create it in a, in a separate site. And then you can just do all kinds of, of uh, fun things uh, with it uh, all together if you want. But the, the thing that strikes me is having news items and just regular pages on in the same side pages library with no real way to divide them. But I have a way to divide them now because I'm going to put metadata in. Yes, but I want to do that automatically. So every time I create a news item, I just want it to say in my side pages, hey, this was a news item. I don't want to do that manually saying, oh, this was also a news item. Now, I know there is a way because it, they're both side pages, but there is in the back end of SharePoint, there's one kind of metadata field which is not by default available and you can't uh, click it to show it in your view which actually says this is a news item and this is a standard SharePoint page. And I know Jao Ferreira made um, a blog post on how to enable that. It, it, what you need to do is you need to use some PMP to create a new view with PMP saying these are the, the fields that you need to show and then it shows that specific column. Okay, so Moren will have a new item on his blog site that will explain all of that. Yes, because I, I will link to his uh, blog post because yeah. his blog post is good. No, no, that's fine. That's all you need to do. Yep. But he was reaching for that. It was so much fun. It was like he was at a jazz 
jazz, you were singing jazz then. You got your eyes closed. You were focused. You were, yeah. man, I've got some cool news for you, <laughs> baby. That was no, neat. But I think I think that is that's definitely a good one if you're dealing with a lot of pages and a lot of news items in the same site. So what I've also seen with a number of customers is, for example, where they have the HR site with all the HR policies and they also have HR news. And what they would do in some cases is actually create another uh, site and just call it HR news and then use the, the default HR site to showcase news from that other site. Oh, okay. But for everybody else, put some metadata in and change yes. the view in the library. Yes. Cool. Go. Some simple and some complex ways there of identifying those news and blogs. There's a lot of power in this, even though we have the frustrations of only having one site page library yeah. and not being able to create another one because mm -hmm. of you know those kind of restrictions in place. And that's yeah. fine. This is typical of the SharePoint community. Microsoft say no. We find a way and say, yeah, we get around it. You know, nature of... <laughs> always finds a way. It's my favorite tagline from the Jurassic, Jurassic Park, Park movies. Yes. yes. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Okay. So um, on that basis, then, that we only have that one library, there are other reasons and ways. So security. Do I want to do individual security items on every page? Not generally, but there's a couple of general rules. One is, hey, look. I've got these pages and I'm still working on them and I don't really want anybody to see them until we're ready to do that. And yes, you can do major and minor publishing mm -hmm. and works brilliantly, but I'm not entirely sure I, I trust the finger that goes, oops, accidentally mm -hmm. on time. Yes. So there's that one. Um, and of course, you may also get to the point where you want to just separate or don't have news pages or you only have one particular kind of yeah. pages. Yeah. And we come back to that age old solution of... Folders. Folders. <laughs> yes. So, for example, I had the requirement where um, in, in a specific team, everyone from the team should be allowed to create a news item. Yep. But they shouldn't be allowed to change any of the pages that were already there. So, they had like 30 pages, for example. It, you could also do this with, for example, an, a, a large HR team. So, you would have... Uh, five people doing uh, stuff around getting new people on board. You would have five people talking around um, the policies for uh, holiday requests. So they would only be allowed to change their own pages and not other pages. Correct. So how you could do that is indeed add folders, put those pages in those folders and have separate security on those folders. Yep, yeah, and I had a similar scenario where they'd created 25 pages mm -hmm. and they were in the library. Um, but this was before some of the new stuff we're going to talk about in a minute. But they wanted to be able to hide 18 of the pages and release one a day. Yep. And rather than doing the security, I just simply said, throw them into this folder and move them from the folder to the main site whenever you're ready to, to publish and then become available. Nowadays, of course, we'd schedule them. They could just be scheduled yes. to be hidden again the the uh, draft and publishing process so something that you should get on top of yeah. so that you can um basically uh, uh, publish them on a specific time or date yeah. the problem i have with that of course is that i manage this process 
-hmm. But just by looking at that library, I can't see that it's been published or not been published because it's there all the time. Yes. Because I get to edit it. So um, there are ways of doing that. And then, of course, you can still schedule the movement through a workflow to go, say, look, move this page from there into there on yeah. this date. So there's a number of powerful things we can do there, and folders become uh, that wonderful sort of uh, ring fence way of, of securing that process yes. or controlling those processes exactly so that's yeah. cool mm -hmm. so there's six items and they're all to do bin things been around for a while we looked at some new things didn't we uh yes we did yes so um few things that i'm really excited about one thing is of course well the, the page templates it's been around for a few months, I think, now, but I haven't really played with it. So we, we played with it uh, when I got here. Um, and it's it turns out to be super easy to create your own page <laughs> Too templates. Easy. And I'm still sitting there creating pages, copy of... <laughs> yes, exactly. So let's say, for example, you need to create 20 pages and each of those 20 pages needs to have a quick link web part with 20 links on it. Yes. For example, I, I just had that requirement a few uh, weeks ago. So how would you make sure that you would get all those 20 quick link items on all those pages? Because you can't copy that web no. part to different pages. No, you can't. But let's just follow through with some more scenarios. The legal department with all those decisions, yeah. they're all going to have the same layout, the description mm -hmm. of it, the date of it. So you're going to have layers of content and you want to put those hyperlinks in because you want to be able to do page up and down yes and then you can save it as a template and yep. then you can you have it all pre-built in place yep. Yep. so pre-built your titles yep. your, your sections everything yes so all of those kinds of scenarios require templates yeah and um you it's can one just, of those simple things you forget yes you can just create your page and then just instead of uh, publishing it just click save as a template and it's done. The only thing is you need to make sure you create the new page from the home page. Because otherwise uh, you don't go yes. through the wizard. Yes, but there is a way to say, there, there's this little checkbox that you can say, okay, make this the default template for all my pages. Ah, yes, I didn't see yeah. that. No, I, I saw that. But then that kind of like ring a bell, like, okay, I need to make sure that I check that one as well. Cool. All right, so yes, page templates, that was quite neat. Yes. Um, and uh, again, a, an, an easy tool. Um, let's hit on the other one, this this new... Com, com, collapsible. Col the collapsible, yes. thank you. Yes, His handwriting is terrible. I can't read the whiteboard. <laughs> I should gonna, have become a doctor. I'm yes. going to put a sign on there, block capitals only. You know, yeah. That's fine. Yes, yeah, so the collapsible sections. Yes, brand new. And I know we're not that kind of podcast that talks about, oh, look, this is brand new. But I'm this glad is you something, don't talk like that, though. It is something that I've been waiting for for a few months now. And for one of my customers, we've been actually using a third-party solution for that to be able to do that. But it's just horrible and it doesn't work and it screws up CSS of a bunch of other things. So I'm super happy that it's there. Uh, we just had a, a little play, a little play with it. Um, I'm not 100 percent happy uh, with it, but it is uh, pretty powerful because what it does, you just create a section and you can give it a you just say okay it needs to be collapsible in the same window where you can give it where you can say like i need to have two columns three columns one column and this is the color you can just say okay make it collapsible make it by default collapsed or uh 
uh, not collapsed give it a title and then you can give it a title and that would be the title that you need to click on in order to expand it or to collapse it yeah and without that title you the user has no way of knowing which bit no, to collapse exactly when it's so think about the title that you want to give to that section but it, it was yes. quite neat so one a few extra hips uh, tips and tricks here hips and tricks um Think about alternative colors for the sections so yes. that when it's collapsed, you kind of can see the start of one and the finish of the other. Yeah. What really looked quite nice was when we set the left hand, uh, the right hand column. Yeah. So uh, we set that because then that doesn't collapse, mm -hmm. but the other content collapses around it, which gives the page a slight definition. Yeah. But the coolest thing was when the page uncollapses and certain web parts animate into place. Yes. So uh, the documents kind of, the, if you've got the right view. The events uh, web yeah, part, the events they kind of shoveled in from the side. Yeah, which is quite cool. That was cool, uh, right. absolutely. So, yes, I think there's a lot to play with there. So that's kind of new, which is which is pretty neat. What yeah. else was on the roadmap? Because we said we looked at the roadmap. There was a, a few things coming in. Yeah, so so that is rolling out right now, the collapsible yes. section. So if you're in, in preview mode, you will see it already. Uh, otherwise, it will be coming in a few weeks. And then one of the things uh, that was on the roadmap that caught my eye a few days ago, and I, I tweeted about it as well, um, saying uh, the, the banner gradient. Uh, so if you create a page, you can make that nice looking banner, banner the uh, on, on the top. Yeah. And it, it has a gradient in it. So let's say you have a really detailed image it would have that gradient that would just have like from white to some yeah blackish color and you don't always want that i i already had a few people asking me okay how do we turn that off it's not possible until well it's on the roadmap so it's coming it's it's not until now but it's coming so you would have the ability probably a checkbox to say okay just don't uh, show that gradient over my banner no but I, th I think it's important sometimes you want a hard line that says this yes. is the headline boom yeah. in your face sometimes you want to flow down and around mm -hmm. um, and hopefully it's something that you better drop into image libraries Im image web parts as well ultimately so you can kind of fade in and out so yeah that's quite cool um well that's the end of our eight there's a few quick things that we wanted to kind of just drop into so one of the things that we we did mention um was when you have two or three columns and then you have images on and they're not lined up and the one image is smaller than the other and the text doesn't start at the same time. Yes. And if you've got calls to action, yeah. they can line up. Yeah. So think about layers. Again, it's part of the audience, but yeah. it doesn't matter that you have multiple sections in there mm -hmm. and it doesn't matter you only have one item in each one, but it does mean that when the page loads, yes. it'll all be nicely laid out. Yeah. So to make it really practical, so what I see sometimes is people having like, for example, three columns and they have three pictures uh, next to each other. They have some text underneath that and then a, a button underneath that one. Uh, so don't be afraid to put those in three different layers so that your images all align, your text all aligns, your buttons all align. And that just makes it look much better and 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 more relaxed and your page looks more tranquil 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 yes is that not something you mix with tonic water but maybe <laughs> <laughs> and also what i also am am a big fan of is that um horizontal bar that you can put in 
Oh, that's interesting. I was wondering when tonight's disagreement was going to come down. <laughs> uh, <laughs> pisses okay. me off. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yes. Really? Because you, there are so many options these days. Now you can actually say, okay, make it just a thin line, yeah. make it bigger. I, I just love that. It's all to do, I think, with what co- what other colors you have on the page. No. So I think if you've got one of the, the modern SharePointy Microsoft white pages, then I kind of go... Yeah, I'm a waste of time. But I mm-hmm. think that now I'm starting to discover the ways of colouring and adding the, on the page. Maybe I'll be converted. But at this moment in time, I add them. I think it's a great idea. You're not a big fan. I run the okay. page and okay. then I delete them thinking, no, nah, why did I waste my time? Uh, but that's fine. No. Okay, okay, okay. I get it. Okay. Everyone okay. to their own. And okay. there's, there's a place for everything. Yes. I think the general feel, though, is there's still a lot more cool things that can be done in pages yes in, you know in terms of dear jeff you know there's yeah. i know and i get it don't get me wrong we're rebuilding sharepoint and it's you know starting from the bottom upwards so we had the mvps no, 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 no. that was five years ago yeah but you know we already had 15 years of sharepoint getting yes. where it's got to now what worries me with the rebuild of ms teams is they're going to start going we're still using the wrong language so we need to redo some bits and bobs in oh, sharepoint and we no, let's not no, go no, there no. that was a bit of a horror movie but but there are still some things that they all seem to fall short of something. So, you know, um, you said something about these roll-up images. And, yes. You know, so things like that. That is that is one of the things that really Bugs annoys me, me sometimes. Yeah. Like, uh, I, the perfect example is I've got a news item around a new person that is starting in the company. So I've got a nice banner saying new person in the team and then I've got a little text and I've got the, a picture of that person that joins us. And what's interesting about that page is you want to keep the banner the same because it's the branding for new person. Yes. And yes. so if I then list that all of those pages... That would be a page pages, template even. Yes, yeah, yeah. perfect. So yeah. you have the page template with the same banner in there. Exactly. And when you roll yep. up that page, what do you see? Yeah, exactly. So if you go to your news list, web part, hero, whatever thing... It will give you that banner. It will not give you that image. So I would love to be able, just like I can do in in a WordPress site, for example. So I was creating blog posts. And what I can do is I can set up the featured image. Well, it's one of my. It's one of my. Let's not go as far away as that. And let's no, just go no, no, back no, to no, SharePoint is, 2013 to the page properties, and yes. it would say, "What is your roll-up image?" Yeah. And you would just put the roll-up image exactly. in, and it would go. Yeah. So you don't so even that would need to be, go foreign here. That would be cool yeah. uh, if if we could do that. Uh, if we could do that as well. And I'm sure yeah. people are going to have a whole bunch of annoyances, but. Uh, yeah, it's a it's a bit of a snapshot on pages and tics, tips and tricks and mm-hmm. yeah. stuff like that. I think uh, yeah. I think we did all right. Yeah, because sometimes I, I for those roll ups, I would also just want to use a logo or something. Yes. Yeah, like like a, like a little person icon or something to show that instead of the the default banner. No, yeah. I I agree so, entirely. Mm-hmm. I think I think there's. I'm guessing that a lot of our listeners are going, you know, I spend way too much time having to decide things around pages yeah, because there's there's bits missing and, and having to work out how to do this and yeah. how to work out. So there's some of the things that we found. Um, and I think it's now just time to go to Germany. Yes. Yes. And not for the Kirsch, but for the whiskey. No, that's right. So we're going to the Black Forest. Yeah. And we have a Rothaus. 
Single Malt. Yes. Uh, they won tons of awards. So I'm really uh, looking it was forward a very to this. List of awards, wasn't yes. it? Yes. Yes. And um, the thing is, um, the Roadhouse themselves, they don't really do distilling. They they're not a distilling house. They just do the wort and the the barley, and they make it spring. And then what they do is they transfer that into a distiller's place in, um, forgot the name. Carl's. Karlsruhe. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So they do the distillery th- and then they bring it back. Yes. And maturate it into their own barrels. Yeah. 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 Exactly. And uh, it's properly double distilled like in Scotland because the, the big boss of that uh, distilling house that also mainly does uh, Kirsch. Yeah. Uh, but the, the, the CEO is a, a well-known whiskey ambassador. So he's oh, the, wow. the chairman of the, of the, the Scottish chamber of something something in germany so uh looks very promising well i have to say this was from sven um he uh he picked it up from our favorite site flavier which we're all members of um and uh it kind of looks like a real proper whiskey doesn't it the color this time we're not complaining about it's not too light it's not too dark it's kind of the color it should be yeah yes and the nose is real man's whiskey Yes, they don't mess around. They don't. The Germans. <laughs> Behave yourself. That's nice. What does they yeah. say it's supposed to have? So the color is bright gold. Yes. Yes, we can definitely say bright gold. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know whether you've been to Germany. You know they grow tobacco in Germany. They do? They do, okay. yes. I used to go, I used to do a lot of work in, in Germany and you go past and I, I went through this process of what the heck is that? And they have all these um, greenhouses where they're hanging it to dry. Yeah. And uh, eventually my mentor, um, uh, Clay, said, no, no, it's tobacco. And sure cool. enough, I don't know why, but I can actually smell a hint of tobacco on the nose here. I know I've just read it and said it, but I was trying to work okay. out what that kind of earthiness was that's in there. I don't get that. No, I get a lot of sugar. Uh, like the typical vanilla. Because these, these have been matured for three years in, in ex-bourbon and, and uh, um, second fill Highland. Whiskey. Gasps. Barrels, yes. So, and then blended together. Yeah. So there's, there's not a hint of sherry in there. No. But, but so, that, that sweetness comes from the vanilla, I think. The vanilla, yeah, definitely. But, I, but, but it, I, it's I got a little get, sugary as yeah, well. Yeah, it is. I kind of get that, that fruitiness, that sweet fruitiness, but I, I do get the earthiness from that. It's nice, interesting, isn't it? Listen, we don't want to get the same nose from it. We can no, no. tell the stories. Yeah, right, exactly. What it like? Okay. Uh, Moraine's just doing his stuff. I was just swirling it in the glass and realizing that it's really quite heavy on the glass. It's neat. Mm. Oh, it was that, that is brilliant. It is, isn't it? It is. It's not at all what I was expecting. This is definitely a beginning, middle, and end whiskey. Yes. Fly yes, I love that, that. That the the thing that you get on the tip of your tongue. I can't really work out what it is yet. I think it's peach. Could well be. But it is there. It's, it's kind of like a ring around the, 
the tongue, isn't it, as it goes in? It's definitely a beginning, middle, and end. So that 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 nose. It's dark. Is, what do you mean by dark? Yeah, something I, something like uh, like you can get a, a white bread or a dark bread. So like oh, like, like nuttiness, the, that kind of nutty. Yeah, nuttiness, but it's. Mm, maybe it's earthiness. You know, Sven, you've managed to uh, mm. make us think about here. Yeah. But uh, I, I don't know what I get. I mean, I, I certainly describe the nose in detail. And, and that's really quite nice. That mm -hmm. kind of pear earthiness is lovely. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's not fresh like green apples and pears. It's not, not bright. At all. No. No. And that, that's something that you would expect from something it, with a bourbon. smoother, super smooth, actually. The second taste, the first one was a bit harsh, but the second one, then you get that dark chocolate. That's what you're, you can taste is that kind of bitter chocolate on the tongue. And then the finish exactly. just goes on a bit. That's it. It's not sugary chocolate, but it's like... That 90% pure <laughs> got the door. Well, I only ever go for 70 because mm. 90 is just way too bitter for me. But Yeah, but that's what it is. But then not, not in a bitter way, but still, yeah. And mm. the finish mm. is great. It goes on. And again, I go back to our those whiskey boys that I watch on YouTube. I'm sitting there now and I'm going to say, there's the pear. Actually, on the finish, if you wait long enough, that fruit comes out again. Yeah, it's fresh. Sven, this is a lovely whiskey, my friend. Yeah. I might actually put this on my list at the next round of bottles Definitely. that come out. I think I'll... Um, and it's not too far away. Hey, we could go and mm. take a weekend trip. Mm -hmm. Yes, because I saw they also do interesting other bottles, like uh, different finishes. So Some years ago, uh, obviously pre-pandemic, when people could travel freely, uh, we went to Germany for a, a weekend mm -hmm. um, and uh, just did a, a beautiful tour around. It must have been around Christmas because I actually went to a Christmas carol service at a distillery for a war, at a monastery. But it, in the, you know, the typical church shop, they actually had German whiskey. And, okay. it, and it was um, in uh, just south of Cologne, the distillery was. And I was thinking that we should organize a weekend away and go and have a nice dinner there and, and taste yeah. them because they had some nice whiskey. So German whiskey, I think, is going to go back on my my look-to list. That yeah. was incredibly good. So that whiskey was the uh, Rothaus Black Forest Single Malt Whiskey. I have to say, Flavia, guys, you really didn't rate it very highly, but I would but give it... There was only four votes. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. But, you know, that would be up in the, in the eights and nines for me. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. That was yes. cool. Uh, definitely a really good whiskey. Well, my friend, this was a podcast of contrasts. Yeah. A very simple subject. Mm -hmm. But I think we've given it a good depth of feel. Yeah. We give people things to think about. For Shared once. some of our <laughs> yeah. tips and tricks. We've given Jeff some ideas. So he'll appreciate that when he listens to the podcast. Exactly. Because they're probably run out of ideas of things to do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then we went with a German whiskey, which we thought was just going to be a German whiskey. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and so I apologize to uh, the Black Forest guys there because that was really very nice. Yeah. And it was surprising. And it's still well, surprising me now, in fact. To be honest, if Sven gave us that whiskey and said, you guys really need to try it. That's the trust. That would probably be the trigger for us to say, okay, if Sven says then we really need to try it. All right. So that was pretty cool. All right, my friend. So um, 
Yes, I'm going to finish the podcast off, so over to you to do my intro for once. Um, well, as Steve always does in the podcast, he will say something very profound and then he will say Jeez. that he will uh, let uh, me do the end. So in this case, I will just say we said some really cool things about pages and now I will leave Steve with some final parting words. I really don't know whether I can imitate Moraine's soft clothes of this podcast. So I ain't going to even try. Uh, thanks for listening. All right. I find it an interesting subject. I love the idea that we never know what we're going to cover um, uh, in terms of discussions. And we work out what we're going to do. And we didn't even have a whiskey to decide. It's the first, br- first taste we've had tonight. And then we got surprised by that awesome whiskey. So, hey think about your audience think about your content plan the pages don't leave it as a last minute have a safe safe summer holiday we're probably going to be a while before we get back to you because we're both away um trying to find new whiskies to bring to you so steve dolby is going to say goodbye and i'm going to have the last word on the podcast bye bugger not millennials. We are mature. Steve may be more than Maren. Maturing the business like whiskey in a barrel.